to the ether today is thursday march 3rd 2022 this episode of the ether is brought to you by orbital command a community validator on terra dedicated to educating expanding and promoting the lunatic community visit oc's what we do page using the link in the show notes to take advantage of some of their other educational resources including weekly meetups to discuss terra protocols strategies and concepts the terra luna intel report on telegram and youtube explainer videos on terra concepts you can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we have the Kato Money AMA, hosted by Orbital Command. Let's take a listen. So you just invited the guys up, and we've got Finn from TerraSpaces recording it for us. So hi, Finn. Thanks for all your hard work. Um, we've got Dr. Doscoin from Re- um, Orbital Command. He'll be dropping in as well to potentially lead the questioning. Oh, there he is. And then my role tonight is kind of going to be maybe more of a facilitator. I mean, I've certainly got some questions, but I don't want to hog the mic, but maybe more of a facilitator type role. And then if people want to get up and ask questions to the Caddo Money guys, I'll be bringing you up. Um, so, yeah, Doctor is here from Caddo. Is it Vince and JC? Is there anyone else coming in? This is it. Hi, it's the gang. Well, just to kick this off then, if I mean, would you like to talk about how you met? I mean, and then maybe how you formed the Caddo project and how you decided that this was the project you wanted to work on in Terra? Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, before I jump in, just want to say uh, thanks again for everything you guys are doing over at Orwell Command for the community, the ecosystem. You guys crush it with the content, with, you know, educational materials and, and doing stuff like this. Um, and shout out to Orbital Command TDX event, the, the Terra App Expo going on in uh, Austin, Texas over in June. We'll definitely be there. And uh, keep your eyes peeled for, you know, possibly a Kato-sponsored event there, uh, which might be announced shortly. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> so awesome. Quick, quick show for that. Well, sure, right. Cheers, Vince. Yeah, exactly. Always always good to meet lunatics in person. Um, but yeah, so so, you know, coming off on the background, really, how we got started. Um, my uh, background, so I'm the co-founder, along with uh, my co-founder, Emery Katamori, uh, wasn't able to join today. Uh, John's on here as well. I'll let him give his his background. He's our uh, head of product. Uh, John's a weapon as well, for sure. So glad to have, glad to have him on this uh, conversation. 
But um, so Emery, uh, Emery and I were college roommates actually about five years ago. Went to Gettysburg College back in the day, um, and ended up you know going our different routes after school in the you know traditional trad fi as you might say, uh, at, you know line of work. Emery went into uh, you know startups and development work for you know big brands like AT&T, Tempur-Pedic, Shake Shack. Also, uh, you know, founded his own data privacy startup. And uh, I went into business development in the software space, working for a loyalty platform startup that, uh, you know, powers some of the biggest brands in the world, like Starbucks Rewards and a lot of the data incentives that goes behind these programs. We ended up getting acquired by MasterCard at the end of 2019. So, you know, diving down traditional payment rabbit hole, right? All the inefficiencies there. And Emery pulled me over into you know, crypto and into, into Luna in uh, early 2021. And, you know, we ended up, you know, diving down that rabbit hole became a no brainer that this is where things are going. Wanted to get involved as, as much as we could. And we, uh, you know, joined forces back together for the hackathon, the, the you know, Terra Delphi digital IDO hackathon back in May. Um, so, you know, that was where it all kind of got started and it came from our you know big lunatics in the u.s and having a lot of trouble getting access to ust right there's there was really no way to get access you had to go through many hoops in terms of you know going onto coinbase and and then going to kucoin and, and you know everyone knows that process right so getting getting new folks onto the ecosystem is like a two-hour sit down explaining these kind of things uh and then as well like you know the, the terra ecosystem and web3 it's such a great place to invest your money um but we still couldn't spend ust in the real world right so why why do you invest with one currency and spend with another so that was kind of the, you know the impetus and, and the vision that we saw and um you know started after the hackathon went through a, a community fund proposal to the you know terra community ended up connecting with a lot of folks and um that's how we got started from the community and uh you know started shipping products that people use and uh, in the real world in under six months. And that, you know, community fund proposal got us all the way to where we are today. Um, so I'll, uh, that kind of high level, I'm sure we'll get into more, but I'll let, uh, John jump in, give his, his background and, uh, we'll cover off on some of our, you know, mission statements, strategic objectives that he's been working on this head of product. Yeah. Hey guys. Um, hopefully everyone can hear me. Um, I see the closed caption is getting my words, so I assume that works. Um, hey guys, so I, I, I'm John. Um, I joined Kato about a couple months, two, three months ago. Uh, my background is actually in a digital strategy management consulting. So I spent a bunch of years in management consulting, uh, a few years in the startup world, and a few years in the Fortune 500 world. So you know, kind of been kind of been all over the place. Um, at, but uh, like probably a lot of the Kato guys and and a lot, probably a lot of people listening, is uh, the old world. You just kind of have to abandon it, right? Like the Web three world is just so much more exciting. There's so many more things going on uh, that I had to move in. Um, yeah, and so I'm the head of product here at Kato. You know, one of my goals is to um, help us build things that you guys all want to use, right? And by you guys, I mean, you know, the the, the end user uh, uh, that's on-ramping and needing fiat to be UST uh, in, and also the, the protocols that actually um, want uh, on-ramp capabilities and, and to be able to capture new fiat capital. Um, so uh, that's my role here at Kato. It's great to be here and, and happy to talk to everybody here. Um, you know, like Vince said, 
we, we um, in the near future, we have really three strategic objectives, right? Number one is uh, we want to try and standardize and remove the friction for um, existing Web2 merchants and businesses to fully adopt stable coins, right? Uh, you see all these studies about uh, your Web2 merchants, you know, in, in the next three years, everyone wants to start accepting stable coins. Uh, but that's a pretty high friction, high complicated, uh, a pretty complex thing to do for someone that hasn't done it before um, and hasn't been in the space, right? And so we want to break that down and actually standardize this experience. Uh, the second one is we we also want to be the enabling infrastructure for Web3 protocol builders. Um, and, and really, that's to capture that new fiat capital and non-Terra capital into their protocol, right? Uh, so that's a really big thing that we're working on. We, we, we do want to be enabling infrastructure. Um, and, and so, and Vince will talk about, you know, some, some of our differentiators from, you know, there's a lot of debit cards and stuff coming up um, and there's overlapping use cases, but, but we see ourselves as differentiated from the, the primary use case here. And then the third strategic object, objective really is um, to try and drive adoption of stable coins across chains, right? So those are our sort of three strategic objectives in, in the near future. Um, but that's a, a little bit, you know, I'll, I'll turn it back to the Orbital Command guys, you know, if you guys have some questions or anything like that. I'm sure if Rebel's still here. Are you still there, Rebel? I'm still here. Are you going to kick off with what you've got? Sure. Um, obviously, very excited to chat with you guys. Very excited to chat over the next hour about Cardo. Uh, I'm one of the research relationship guys at at uh, Orbital Command. And uh, obviously do a lot of Twitter spaces with protocols such as yourselves. As far as getting the ball rolling with questions and things of that nature goes, I guess, well, first I just want to say congratulations on uh, getting the ramp up and running. I guess what the first question is, which country did you first get it up and running in? Yeah, uh, uh, it's a good question. So for, for if we're talking about ramp, uh, we launched everywhere all at once, uh, except for um, the sort of the countries in New York State, uh, except for the countries that we we actually can't run in. And so we actually released everywhere all at once, uh, including U.S., you know, um, uh, U.K., Australia, just everywhere. I think at the moment we're probably up to something like seventy onboarding countries. It, it's great. We, like we love the traffic, we loved the adoption, we love uh, how much. Uh, you know, we had a hypothesis of how much this was needed in the community, and I think it's it's pretty backed up with how many different places around the world have onboarded onto Kado. So, so yeah, that's great. That's incredible. Seventy countries immediately. How you know? I imagine there was a bit of work to make that happen. How do you execute something like that? Um, obviously, there's lots of regulations in different countries, lots of conversations that would need to be had. What was that process like? Yeah, and Vince, I'll I'll let Vince talk about this a little bit more if he wants to on the on the backside. But um, so we're we're trying to basically pass through the transaction, right? So we work with our banking partner. They have a lot of existing, um, you know, break down their barriers as, as much as they can. And so so you know, from a regulation standpoint, we've done uh, as much as we can to sort of just pass through the transaction, um, and then make that easy for a user to to pass through. It's a, a you know, like you alluded to, there, there's a lot of regulation in the space, right? And there's a lot of different banks and different policies and different rules, um, and so it is a tricky space. But you know, we're we're doing what we can to navigate a pretty tricky area. Yeah, and, and like John said, um, you know, 
going global, going international, it's been our focus from, from day one, especially with the ramp. If you think about our vision of enabling, you know, really easy access into these Web3 ecosystems, into these protocols, um, you know, Web3 is global, right? The, the, the future of payments is global, and that's what we're building towards. Um, you know, important to call out that in the U.S. has uh, bank transfers, Visa, ACH, and as well as credit and debit cards. International has credit and debit cards today without the bank transfers. So something that we're um, incredibly focused on is getting more payment uh, capabilities internationally in terms of bank transfers and wires, as well as, you know, on the off ramp that I know that everyone's now dying for. So just to uh, let you guys know that that's kind of where things stand uh, globally with the different payment methods, but a real big focus for us to continue to, you know, drive these capabilities. But um, yeah, also, you know, like John said, it's really, you know, kudos to our banking relationships, our banking partners. They've uh, done a, a lot of great work and have been really great partners to help us, you know, spin this stuff up. Yeah, fantastic. And so when it comes to, you know, obviously you've got 70 countries that are already on board. As far as who's next in line, like what, what countries are you looking at and sort of, what the what are the barriers to entry in those countries? Uh, it, good question. Uh, there, there's actually uh, we'll we'll flip the question around, right? So it's not it's not so much a, a matter of like what country's next. We basically it's we're everywhere. So if you're in a country that's not the seventy, um, like g- give it a shot. We we basically have a list of countries we can't operate in, and, and that's what is not available. Um, uh, everything else is already available it's just whether someone has been you know has has tried to sign up or not and so if you know there's a there's a country that's uh, if you're in a country that isn't the 70 that we already have give it a shot if it's not on the sort of no-go list then it will probably work i, I hope that answers the question yeah if you're right where that uh no-go list is it's on our uh, faq page we've got a handful of you know frequently asked questions that we we put up there it's faq.com.money you can also find it on our support page on the, on the main website, but it's got all those uh, labeled out there. That's good to know because I'm currently, I've been trying to jump on and of course I'm from Australia and I'm not sure if we've got access yet, but I can't seem to, to get onto it. And I'm not sure if that's an Australia thing or if that's me being a, an idiot thing. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, you, you should have access. We've been working with a fair amount of, you know, Australian folks over, you know, the loop guys are over there too. So. Um, okay, sure. I'm an idiot. Thank you for confirming. <laughs> I'll have a look. I'll have a little play with it now. Could, could Doctor handle that offline? <laughs> doctor, can I just jump in with a question just now? Then, please. Um, I we had a comment, um, and I don't have the Twitter user's name in front of me. I'm afraid. So, if it was you that made this comment or made me aware of this, um, thank you very much. But one thing that was brought to my attention is that there are more fees than the Cado two dollar fee and this guy was saying this i was like what are you talking about it's two dollars that's 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 the fee um but it turns out in the uk anyway there's like a three percent foreign currency transaction fee which i mean i 100 appreciate that, that that you're not getting any money out of that um or that's not going towards cado but well firstly are you are you aware of that well you're aware of it now but where have you been aware of it um and secondly do you have a sort of suggested workflow? Um, people are suggesting using something called Revolut, which I've, I've never heard of. I think I've heard of it, but I've never used it. Um, yeah, can I throw that out there, Vince? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, so it, it, that's a it's a really good question. Uh, so that does come up sometimes. 
um, and so I, I want to clarify in a couple different places is we don't actually charge that fee, right? So our fee right now is, is the $2 flat fee. Um, and we have we're various places within the Cotto ramp experience where um, if you hover, like we'll, we'll tell you that, uh, again, it's a tricky space. There's a lot of banks, a lot of policies, a lot of different payment methods. Everyone has their own rules. Everyone has their own risk tolerance. Um, and so it's a tricky um, area to, to navigate. Sometimes, and this is a pretty small proportion um, of, of times this comes up, is sometimes the bank itself will charge a conversion fee because we process everything in USD at the moment. So depending on your bank, there might be convert, they might hit you with a conversion fee. And so we do try to make that as, as obvious as possible, um, but it is a sort of a, it's a less uh, frequent use case for us. So we don't want to blast everyone with that possibility. Um, but it, but it is, it is possible. And it's just because everyone has their own rules. Every bank, every card issuer has their own sort of risk tolerance and what they're, you know, what they code the transaction as it gets pretty complicated. Um, so, so that answers your, I think that answers your first question is that we don't actually charge that fee from the back end from your bank or your card issuer. They may charge you a conversion fee and that's entirely up to them. But typically, I'd say the majority of the time that does not happen. So it is, it is, you know, by far not a primary um, uh, something that could happen. Uh, what I'll add to your second question is like, what do we do to get around that? Is if you do get hit with something like that, um, uh, we are trying to add uh, local currencies soon. So there's a couple things on our plate, which is new types of payment methods. So for example, if you have a card that always gets hit with a conversion fee, we're trying to add new payment methods so you can you know, not have to use that card. Uh, and then we're also going to try and add um, local currencies. So, so rather than pr uh, processing it in US dollars, maybe we'll process it in GBP or, or AUD or something like that. Epic. Thank you very much for that, Jonathan. Um, 100%. I certainly wasn't suggesting that this was some sort of cadre fee. I definitely know it's my bank deciding they want to try and skim something off the top. I mean, <laughs> even with, I mean, I, I did £500 the other day um, and it was like just, just under 3% they charged. But I mean, even with that, what I really appreciate about what you guys do is that um, without naming names of other onboarders that that do kind of diddle you on the rate that like the conversion or yeah, the rate I get from pounds to dollars on Cado, like seems to be like the spot rate, which I think is great. So literally the only fee that you guys charge is the $2. And then even with a 3% charge on my bank, I still think it's the best way to do it. Yeah. And it's it, right. Uh, we, you know, we did a bunch of polls and by far what everyone wanted was lower fees. So yeah, we're not going to, as you put it, we're not going to diddle anyone on the fees. Uh, we're not going to try and skim any off the top. You know, we're trying to make this accessible and easy um, for everyone. And, and you know, everyone on this call, it's going to make sense to you for the most part. But if you think about the person that is just onboarding, right? Um, they're not used to all kinds of fees with their bank uh, sometimes. Uh, so we also want to make it make it somewhat frictionless for them. So they're they're not going to be hit with like large fees randomly called different things that they have to dive into most definitely yeah i mean i, I mean to be honest it's rebel DeFi here um i mean my mission on terra really is just to help new people get started so it makes my job a, a lot easier having something that i can recommend to people like cado and um, just to help them get that money in so they've got money in their ust 
TerraStation wallet. So I mean, like what you were saying about maybe doing something in local currencies, that would that would help even more. Yeah, absolutely. That's a on the roadmap trying to get to that uh, as soon as we can. Awesome. Well, I'll look forward to yeah future updates. Thank you. Fantastic. I got a question for you guys. I was having a you look through some of your recent posts, and I'm I'm noticing there's lots of traction. You know, a lot of people are commenting, and that's always a good sign. Um, and lots of that means lots of people are testing it out as well. Um, I'm noticing a bit of mm, let's call it pushback for want of a better word. People that are have an aversion to providing like a social security number and just wondering if there's an option where, you know, potentially they can only provide like a, you know, a driver's license or something like what Kraken does with a, a license and a utility bill. Is that something that we might see from Cardo in the near future? Uh, good question. Um, at the moment that is not possible. And it's uh, to clarify, that's, that's from most banking partners that you're going to um, deal with. Uh, any kind of like direct KYC usually needs some, uh, sorry, direct on-ramp usually needs some kind of KYC and ours happens to need uh, your your tax ID number. Um, so in the US, it's social security, you know, elsewhere it's NIN, elsewhere it's like EIN or something like that. Um, and so so uh, we do require that at the moment, you know, maybe sometime in the future uh, that might change, but, but I would say um, if you're trying to on-ramp, expect that sort of information. Now we... Um, I think the main concern there is, well, are you, how are you protecting it? Where is it being stored? Is it encrypted? Uh, Absolutely. And, right. Who is it going to? Right. And so, you know, part of that, understand like the underlying reason for that question is like, can you trust us with it? Uh, so if you want to see more documentation or the, the, like the long form answer to that, again, you know, like Vince said, uh, fact.cotto-to-money, uh, that will answer the, um, how are you protecting my information question. Gotcha. Okay. Is there anything that you can, obviously, I know that we've got a few people on this call here and probably not everyone wants to jump onto the uh, net or doesn't have, has access to a browser right this second. Is there a TLDR of, you know, the privacy, security and insurance measures that you guys have in place? Yeah, uh, yeah sure. So um, uh, on this uh, specifically is we don't store that information. Um, we pass it directly through to our banking partner, uh, Prime Trust. So, so they... Uh, they're actually dealing with it. We don't store that at all. I think all we store is something like email, country code, and phone number. I, I, I think even something like a payment method, we don't even store. Um, so everything actually is passed through directly to the, you know, the the giant banking partner that we have, uh, rather than housed within, you know, our systems. So you know, if you're, you know, a small company, if you're curious about that, you don't want to provide that kind of thing. Um, we don't hold it anyway. Gotcha. And I think from memory, I, I was chatting with uh, Outlet Finance a couple of weeks ago, and I have a feeling they run through Prime Trust as well. So they must be the the main point for any on-ramp uh, platform. Would that be a fair assumption? Uh, they're certainly one of the, the bigger players at the moment. Got it. Rebel? Hi, guys. Yeah, just, I mean, I've, I've got a few things coming up. And if, if anyone on the call has got questions for Vince or Jonathan, that would be cool. Um just wondering about the limit at the moment. As far as I'm aware, it's a one thousand dollars worth, or is that one thousand? Could I do one thousand pounds? I'm not sure. I didn't try that much, but like, is that daily limit going to be lifted at any stage soonish, or what's the rationale behind that limit? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Obviously, something that we get a lot. Um, you no, know, that's probably one of the, the bigger blockers. 
is that, you know, people just want higher limits. So, you know, we hear that loud and clear. I'm also, you know, screaming at the top of the roof off to, to, to raise the limits, as is everyone else here. So it's really just about going back to what we can control, what we can't control, right? We're, we're in a, um, you know, we're navigating a, an interesting space. And um, when you, you know, set up these banking rails connecting to these, to these rails and, uh, you know, the Web3 ecosystem, there's, um, you know, cer- certain trial periods, right, to basically prove that the rails are, you know, strong and, and, you know, specifically really strong fraud protection, right? There's, there's going to be inevitably cases where um, folks, you know, imagine in a world where we said, hey, the, the first tier limits 50K out of the gate, and then someone immediately on ramps 50K, they get through the instant settlement, which is one of our best features. Um, you know, they get that 50K instantly in their wallet, which, you know, the power of Terra, the power of decentralized money, we can't get access to that back. That UST is in that person's control, uh, which is how it's designed, right? Which is great. But also, you know, it leaves the opportunity for someone to then, you know, claw back with their bank and say, hey, I didn't go through that transaction with Kato, um, you know, sending my funds back. And then, you know, there's fraud there, right? So it's about having these protection tiers in place as we get ramped up going through these kind of early days with the banking partners. And then, uh, you know, as we show that, you know, fraud is below certain limits, then, you know, we'll, we'll raise them as soon as possible. There's definitely uh, a big demand there and something that we're certainly focused on when it comes to, you know, this easy access, easy onboarding, especially you think about these, uh, you know, use cases direct into protocols. There's going to be so many use cases where you're going to need more than a thousand dollars, right, to buy an NFT or to participate in, you know, Kajira liquidations, other, you know, strategies and, and use cases that'll you know, continue to run on. So, um, you know, definitely something we're focused on is just where we're at today and the early days getting started. So, so if you have a friend that's thinking about uh, messing with Kato, tell them not to, because everyone needs higher limits. Yeah, this is why we can't. <laughs> also, well, certainly, I mean, just looking at Vince's um, punk there, I love that Neptune assassin, and that's certainly worth a lot more than a thousand dollars, no doubt. Um, yeah, man, the I, assassin gang. And Dan Kuzin, he's got a couple of them, those bad boys, I believe. Um, I've, I've got one kind of massive question, but I'm sure some of the audience probably have a, the same question. So we might just open it up now. Unless, Doctor, have you got anything? We've got Frugal or up with a question. Can I just go straight to him? Yeah, let's go to Frugal and, and hear what Frugal's got there. Sure. Frugal, you're up. I did have like a question that was like more personal in the sense that I would benefit if it worked. So I have these crypto.com cards that give me cash back uh, whenever I spend something. And um, when I was trying to use these on Cardo, they it said that like I wasn't, or like it didn't accept any prepaid credit cards. So I just want to know whether like, is there any like plan in the future to remove that? Or like would is, is only like um, debit cards accepted, like how it is right now? Uh... So uh, prepaid cards are not accepted. That's I, I don't see that changing um, like any any really anytime soon. And that again is a banking partner. Um, like f- I think it's a fraud prevention thing, right? I think prepaid cards you get to do all kinds of um, if you wanted to, you could do all kinds of weird things with a prepaid card. So so I think as a baseline rule, prepaid cards are not uh, available. Um, which is, you know, for a lot of crypto cards, um, they are these like prepaid, you like you have to load the card um, to be able to use. And so a lot of those are are, are not possible right now. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, like that's that's like uh, just a small question that I had. Thank you again. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for that one, Frugal. I've got, um, and while we're waiting for other people to maybe jump up and have a, have their say, I do still have a few questions here. And, uh, you know, one of the main ones that I've noticed as well, and this is coming from the people, just giving the people what they want here, is when off-ramp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I have, a, I have a sheet here that I've like prepped with content. And on this sheet, it literally says when off-ramp and what my answer should be. Um, so that, that tracks. Uh, so the answer to that is uh, weeks, not months. That, that's like, you know, we, we released a post recently um, that was like, you know, we, we're, again, we, we do this thing, like we want to put into our products what you guys want out of the product. It doesn't make sense for us to build something you guys are not going to use. Um, and so in that post, I think we said something like off-ramp, new payment methods, and a uh, an interesting thing called like auto-ramping. Um, so for off-ramp, uh, weeks, not months. It's something we're working very hard to right now. It will likely be ACH, like US bank uh, first, just because of the sort of like the infrastructure that's available to us. Uh, so, uh, but soon. Awesome. Thank you for clearing that. And that's really exciting. That's just a few weeks away. That's great. Um, it, uh, look, it brings me to probably a pretty important question too, because obviously we're talking about uh, getting access to a decentralized, you know, algorithmic stable coin. Um, we all we all believe in it and we all want it to succeed. And of course, we're all holding Luna so that we can benefit from the success of it. Um, but of course, there's interactions with, you know, TradFi here. We, we're obviously uh, working with banks. And so if anyone's paying attention to things that are happening over in you know Canada with the bank freezes, if they're paying attention to the request from governments to freeze accounts for exchanges over in Russia, um, you know, dealing with those traditional systems lends itself to a certain risk. Um, is that sort of risk present here? Like, is it possible that there could be freezes or shutdowns if something's not, uh, you know, I don't know, being received well by the banks? Yeah, I think it's it's certainly an interesting time, right? And something where, you know, crypto and self-custody becomes front and center. Um, I think that that's, you know, really why we're building these non-custodial solutions. Um, if you think about, you know, on-ramping directly to your wallet, this, this kind of open-ended modular use case versus, you know, on-ramping directly into an app that is custodying your funds or an exchange that's custodying your funds. Um, we're, we're big believers in like self-custody is the future, self-sovereignty. Um, you know, it's going to continue to trend where people are going to realize that, you know, if, you're, if your money's in a bank, if your money's on an exchange, then it's, you know, not completely your money, right? You don't have full control over it. Um, obviously, like you said, seeing that in Canada. So, you know, I've obviously seen that too in my time at MasterCard in the, in the TradFi space. Um, you know, another one of the things that really opens up my eyes and makes me realize that um, this is where things are going. So, I mean, th there's, there's that initial banking connection layer that is, um, you know, it, it's necessary, right? It's necessary today. There's no way around it to get into, uh, you know, stable coins, get into Web3. You, you need to go through that KYC. Um, so, you know, there's there's the potential limitation on, on regions, right? The OFAC sanctions list, people are adding Russia and Ukraine to that list. Um, so, you know, there's risks there. But other than that, trying to make sure that we're building solutions to onboard 
folks into these non-custodial solutions as much as possible, right? Not just consumers, but also merchants. So, you know, going back to um, the MasterCard days, right? You think about the issues, uh, not only with being on these traditional payment rails as a merchant um, with these kind of things like custody, but also, um, you know, issues around inefficiencies in the traffic by payment rails, right? Current issues with uh, settlement times where you got to wait for, for funds to settle five to seven days. There's the interchange fees that the MasterCard and Visas are taking from the merchants at every transaction from one to 3%. Um, and, you know, it's there's just many, uh, many ways that if they ran on, you know, self-custody stablecoin rails, um, it becomes a no-brainer. So this is this is part of what we're building in terms of enabling a merchant to you know onboard into Web three in a non-custodial multi-chain wallet, accept stablecoin payments from um, you know every blockchain, every stablecoin, and then have the the ability to easily on and off ramp right because you're going to need as a merchant. You need to be able to off ramp as soon as possible whenever you need to be able to pay for things with your fiat when it's necessary, as well as on ramp your sales volume into stable coins um, and through that multi chain wallet, having that one click access into high yield savings like Anchor Protocol, like uh, you know Circle Yield and these kind of things. So that's kind of where we see it heading from a um, you know merchant point of view and self-custody as well as obviously consumers self-custody wallets terra station we're all familiar with that process and um we're going to continue to build these uh you know these non-custodial solutions where you know the user and the merchant is in full control totally makes sense and uh you've actually opened up a couple of questions here rebel you cool if i open ask another one or two questions here mate yeah, man, help yourself. I, I, I was really excited by what Vince was saying there. So, yep, yep, just keep going. It's awesome. Yeah, fantastic. So a couple of questions that just popped up in my mind as you were talking was about, you know, I wasn't even thinking of it before from the merchant's perspective. Of course, we know that as a general user, we uh, there's a flat fee of $2 to do the conversion. Does it work the same way on the reverse? So as the merchant who receives the payments, when I convert back from UST to uh, my fiat currency, is that the same thing that happens there or is there a different structure for the merchants? Yeah, it's part of uh, what we're building out right now, basically. So like, I, I don't want to just promise that there's going to be a two flat, a $2 flat fee forever for, you know, the, both the on and off ramp for merchants and consumers. So, um, you know, it's really, uh, you know, not set in stone completely, but it goes back to our vision of, you know, like John was talking about earlier on the $2 fee uh, to get folks into the system we're not trying to monetize this and profit and, and, you know, diddle you at every step of the way, right? That's how the MasterCard and visas um, work today. And that's the method that we're trying to, you know, ultimately improve, right? If you think about um, where things are going. So um, yeah, the, the easy on ramp and easy off ramp, they should both be easy. They should both be instant. Um, they folks and merchants both need a very simple and cheap and quick way to get in and out of stable coins in and out of fiat. So yeah, it'll be the Could, same. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I think that's things that's gonna help uh, with the top the easier you can make it uh, for merchants. So I'm thinking straight away my mind goes to, you know, Shopify plugins, things like that. It goes to uh, 
when you mentioned before multi-chain as well and I want, I'd love to have a conversation around how Cardo works multi-chain but um, the, they're the ways that I see it being adopted like uh, a lot more seamlessly if you've got you know what, I don't even know the number there's like over 1.7 million businesses on Shopify I think there would be for sure um, and so it's like if they have access to Cardo Pay on a platform that they're already using, um, that, I feel like that sort of thing would drive awareness and adoption. What are your thoughts around that? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's where it's going. So if you think about um, Solana Pay, I don't know if you guys caught it, but it was announced about a month ago. It made a you know, pretty big splash in terms of um, you know this, this kind of visibility into merchants accepting Solana on USDC and getting people excited about where the future of these kind of stablecoin payments are going. Um, we always say that Solana Pay is about 25% of the equation. So it's like, it's one payment method on one blockchain with one stablecoin. You know, there's, there's, we were big believers in the multi-chain future, obviously we're fans of UST and multi uh, stablecoins as well. So looking at where that's going, as well as merchants need an easy way, not only to accept payments, but like I was saying before, on and off ramp, easy access to high yield savings across these uh, stable coins, across these blockchains and obfuscating, you know, all the complexities, really just showing their total dollar balance and, um, you know, swap in, swap back to your bank account. And uh, yeah, like you said, you know, Kata Pay will, you know, probably ultimately evolve into this kind of, you know, Google Pay, Apple Pay plugin on these sites directly. Yeah, that's super exciting. Very exciting. Rebel. Are you guys okay if we bring up some of the people? We've got Ali Key. He's been waiting for a little while. So, Ali, have you got a question or a comment? Yeah, yeah maybe let me add real quick to the, to the merchant thing. Uh, and, and Vince, you know, this, is, this was Vince, Vince's world for a long time, right, uh, from the MasterCard side. Um, on, on your topic of, of merchants, um, decentralized blockchain stables, right? They they bring a tremendous amount of value to a merchant beyond like, do they have to pay two dollars or more or a little bit more? Um, we're talking like giant percentage based fees that they have to pay. We're talking like waiting for some reason for their funds to settle through traditional payment methods. Um, uh, using the blockchain to deliver value to merchants is 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 basically blows traditional payment rails out of the water, right? And so we're trying to bring that value and make it really easy for uh, a merchant to be able to tap into that value, as well as the value that doesn't even exist in traditional payment rails, which is DeFi. Um, and so so it, it goes way beyond sort of um, like a, a numerical fee. It, it goes quite a bit beyond that. If you think about like if you're a merchant that does a lot of business, right, a percentage point of that business, that's a lot of money that they're paying. And it's just it's just worlds apart from from crypto. Yeah. And I just wanted to add, you know, while we're on the topic of, you know, Coddle Pay, these merchant payment solutions, um, you know, wanted to dive in a little bit and, you know, clear up, you know, how. Cado is different from these projects like Alice, like Cash, like Outlet, uh, Seashell. Um, you know, we, we see all the time on Twitter, the lunatics are fired up about these projects that are, you know, driving real world adoption of UST, making making it able to spend in the real world. Um, and Cado, you know, oftentimes gets just thrown into that list. Um, but, you know, wanted to make sure that it's, it's cleared up. And, you know, Cado Pay was a consumer facing solution to start and today and it, it, it by design right that's kind of how we're building it push it out into the wild same as caught ramp to just solve that immediate gap 
for the ecosystem today, but then build on this kind of B2B architecture. Um, so, you know, obviously we're, I mean, we're big fans of Outlet, Cal, like all these guys close with them, you know, everyone's fighting the same fight and we're, um, we're going to, we create positive feedback loops between our projects. So it's like Kato's not trying to, you know, be a consumer facing debit card for normies connected to Anchor, these kind of things, um, really trying to differentiate. And as these projects bring, you know, new folks into the ecosystem and make it really easy to get access to Anchor, um, you know, they're going to become more knowledgeable on Web3. Inevitably, they're going to get more interested and things like Kata will be there for them to, you know, directly on ramp into these Web3 protocols and, you know, have full control of your money. So, you know, the, we, we do overlap in terms of these things like real world adoption of, of stable coins and payments and the ability to on and off ramp between fiat and stable coins as well as, you know, anchor yield. But definitely some key differences if you think about, you know, Kato, like I said, we're, gonna, we're going B to B to C now as a protocol infrastructure where, you know, you build with us, you let us help, you know, your users on ramp into your protocol versus, you know, the B to B to C approach of, of these debit card projects. Um, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're going multi-stablecoin, multi-chain, international. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys are focusing on, on UST, on Terra, and you know, certain regional payment methods with debit cards, which, again, it's, like I said, it's great. It's a solution that is going to be successful in the space. It's just, you know, a different approach than, than what we're doing. Um, you know, like I said, full direct access to your self-custody wallet where, you know, you have full control of your funds in all of DeFi. Versus, yeah, on ramping funds into the proprietary third party app, where then you would have to, you know, remove these funds from that app to your wallet, uh, creating that extra step for for users. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of exciting things that they're going to be launching and doing, and, and we as well are going to be doing, uh, you know, exciting stuff. And um, as we both, as we all build, the different trajectories will become a lot more clear. But uh, you know, wanted to, we're going to be pushing some materials uh, about this too, just to continue to, you know, help the community understand where these different solutions lie and um, how they're all fighting in the fight together. Yeah. Thanks for uh, differentiating there and, and highlighting the points of difference. It's, that was actually going to be sort of one of my next questions. So you've, you got to that ahead of me and I agree with you. It's, it's, you know, this is one of the things I love about crypto and this space is that it is much more collaborative and complementary than competitive in a, in a lot of areas and it really does carry that sort of wag me ethos that wag me attitude and i know that yeah as time goes on and as uh, the terra ecosystem evolves there's just going to be so much more synergy between payment gateways such as yourself and then other onboarding tools whether it's you know outlet with their debit cards or whoever it ends up being i just know that it's going to be very um yeah complimentary so thank you for highlighting that um totally. it does yeah, totally. I, i've got oh you go no, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, just to reiterate your point, like the positive feedback loops in, in Web3 are like none other, you know, coming from Web2. Um, not only broadly Web3, like like we're talking with folks across different ecosystems, not just Terra, but, you know, spe specifically on Terra, as you know, we're probably a Terra group here right now on the phone. Like, um, not only is there the positive feedback loop of Web3 and the money Lego, you know, mentality in general, but you're the alignment around UST adoption is something that it makes it like positive feedback loops on steroids. Um, so it's a really fun place to be building and you know, right. you're on the phone now and you're thinking about jumping in like now's the time. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, you, 
Are you going, Rib? I was I was just going to say we're well, talking of collaboration. Let's let's collaborate with the people. Shall, shall we get Ali up for his comment? One hundred percent. Oh hi guys, I'm a huge fan of Caro, and uh, I was really curious how you guys enable this. Like, how do you guys acquire the UST and offer to you know people at basically a one to one rate? I know you guys mentioned you know the two dollar fee is not permanent, but still, to me it seems like you guys are just burning money. Like, how do you get? It just it was hard to hard for me to see how you can offer this one to one. Uh, rate where like basically if you go to any exchange ust tends to have a bit of a premium right so i was just wondering how you guys make that happen yeah man G- good question um appreciate your support too it's it's always fun to hear from the community you know straight from the horse's mouth so uh yeah on the two dollar fee so um you know without going into you know details on like banking partner agreements and things like this like we uh you know benefit from these kind of uh you know partnerships where um part of the process is these kind of $1 to $1 relationships, as well as, you know, the, the $2 fee structure. That's, that's going back to what we were talking about earlier, of not trying to monetize, not trying to profit every, every transaction, every step of the way right now we're, we're in user growth mode as is the whole ecosystem really. So trying to create the lowest barrier to entry is our focus. Um, you know, we're, we're big believers that like focus on growth now and, you know, revenue will come, as we continue to build and as we continue to grow and you know the while the two dollar fee might not be set in stone forever um we're going to be really creative about you know the other products that we're launching and how we're monetizing them to provide um as well as you know funds that are sitting idle right being creative about using these funds in web3 and things like anchor while they're just sitting there to then help front run fees to users and keep this low fee structure so it's um, it's not going away anytime oh. soon. That's very cool. And just curious, you guys, I know like uh, the, right now it's more U.S. focused ACH, even though uh, any Visa debit credit should work. But I noticed some countries they uh, you know, they just couldn't get it to work. Do you guys have any plans to have any country specific payment solutions in the future? Any country specific plans? Uh, so on the payment method, um, the, uh, I think the answer there is we're exploring a bunch of different pay- payment methods. I don't think there's anything that's like country specific yet. Um, but a lot of the solutions that we're exploring are sort of like just a- a- available to all. So keep an eye out for those things. Again, that sort of when question is uh, weeks, not months. It's one of our top priorities. Um, your, uh, we'll talk about it, um, you know, we'll touch upon it uh, more specifically is that, you know, some of these, depending on the place that you're in, depending on the bank, uh, their risk tolerance, depending on the um, the issuing, you know, card payment provider, uh, they may just sort of like deny all crypto transactions because of their risk aversion. Um, so, so that's typically what happens. Uh, otherwise, there's like you know, things will get flagged if something is suspicious, like if your card doesn't match your signed up name, if you're using someone else's card, if you're using a card that's far away from where the billing address is, there's all kinds of like, then we move on to the realm of like, what is considered like a card fraud. And that's like a, that's a, that's a, that's a nasty, tricky world. Um, But that's the realm that we enter into. So more payment methods, uh, weeks, not months coming soon. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for the questions, Ali. Um, Bernardo, 
Uh, have you got a question or a comment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, thanks to Orbital Command for hosting the space. And uh, definitely thanks to Kate Kato. Uh, it's, it's a lifesaver. I mean, I've had to go through so many hoops just to get some UST. And I mean, literally maybe 10 minutes between linking up my bank account and actually sending UST to my uh, Terra Station. Hey, Bernardo can you hear me? Not be there. Can yeah, you hear me? I, I can hear you, Bernardo. Oh, okay. I think Doctor yes, maybe forgot to mute. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I was steadily talking, so I don't know what happened there, but uh, hopefully I'm not repeating myself. But first of all, Kato's super easy. Uh, it took me maybe 10 minutes to get it set up and uh, literally link my bank account and get UST to Terra Station Wallet. So uh, thanks, guys. That's, that's, that's huge. Um, a lot of my questions have actually been answered. But as you guys were talking, I was on the website just kind of looking at news and, and looking at sort of your journey to date. And, you know, it's exciting. I'm in the D.C. area. And so I'm, I'm really excited that the Nationals have the partnership with Terra. And, you know, look, I'm multi-chain as well, but pretty much all of my stable coins are UST. So I'm, I'm really kind of curious just to hear your journey in terms of like what was the the tipping point with many of your merchants, as well as what are some of the still existing hurdles and, and maybe some of the pain points that you see uh, as you move forward and, and really try to continue with merchant adoption and just overall adoption? Yeah, no, great, great question. And uh, I appreciate the support, Bernardo. Um, go uh, big, big uh, excited for the Nationals this year. We're all national fans this year. Uh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in terms of, you know, the, the business development side for, for protocols and merchants, um, the, the protocol side from, you know, the community has been an outrageous kind of like inbound request scenario where I think that the tipping point was, you know, putting some of these materials out on Twitter, getting some of that exposure early on. And then we've been, uh, you know, having a fair amount of conversations over the past four or five months with these protocols kind of laying the groundwork of like, okay, here's what we're building. Um, here, here are ways where we think that you guys are going to need, you know, fiat to the stablecoin connectivity. And, and there's so many use cases where that's the reality because of the nature of Terra, right? Terra kind of builds outward looking, trying to create real world adoption, real world use cases. So, you know, the value of, of Kato being that layer to help all these protocols connect to the real world, um, you know, it's, it's been so many projects reaching out directly. So I think that that's, you know, once, once the community started posting about how easy it was to get from, you know, their bank account into t UST in your Terra wallet in one transaction, um, you know, th their mind starts running wild in terms of, okay, maybe if we integrate the API of Kata Rent into my protocol, you know, what are different things that we could do from this fiat direct into protocol connectivity? Um, on the merchant side, it's it's definitely more of a long tail solution. You know, you you mentioned hurdles. What are the kind of hurdles that are there? It's uh it's education right now. It's about showing merchants that um, leaning into the benefits of running on stablecoin rails. Right? There's there's going to be some conversations that happen this year. You know, we're talking to a lot of the big brands and getting these conversations started. And you know, you, if you start laying out the numbers of the the amount of money that they're losing. Uh, from the inefficiencies of traditional payment rails in terms of the interchange fees every transaction, in terms of funds sitting idle for five to seven days, if you could show them what they're getting on 
um, you know, instant settlement, no interchange fees, access, you know, immediately their sales volume can get access to, you know, 10, 15% lift on, on the APY, right, from just one quick access. So right now, I don't think, I think merchants are interested in it, but they almost don't really even know that these solutions are, are going to be available yet. Right. So they see things like USDC on Ethereum. They, they see the Solana pay thing come out recently. But like I said, it's, it's still, you know, 20, 25 percent of the, of the puzzle for them. So they're like, OK, it's, it's great, but we need a full, you know, integrated solution. So that's that's really part of what we're building and part of the, the Longdale solution. Right. It's not we're not going to get, you know, the, the biggest brands and merchants spun up tomorrow, but they're coming. So it's about creating solutions to, you know, make it as, as easy as possible for them. Uh, that makes sense. Thanks a lot. And then one last thing, more just, uh, again, looking at the roadmap, I see that there are a lot of Amazon gift cards for, you know, USDC, DT, and DAI. Is that coming pretty soon? You have a timetable for UST? And, and are there other, um, you know, gift cards like Visa gift cards, Amex or whatever? Are you guys working on that as well? Yeah, so that's that's a you know that, that was like one of our first articles that we did, um, kind of looking at the early days of the hackathon, kind of being creative around ways we can have folks spend their UST in the real world. And the gift card uh, was like the first obvious low hanging fruit solution. Um, you know, we've we've pivoted and, and reiterated a lot through this process as crypto moves so fast, and you know we like to move fast too, and you know stay on our toes. We we realize that like the gift card solution is not not the future of, of not the future of France, right? But it's a it's a short term solution. But we really wanted to get to this place where consumers can spend directly from their wallet uh, on brands. So that's where kind of pay marketplace kind of evolved to. But um, it's still going to be evolving. Like I said, kind of going towards this merchant plug in for uh, accepting payments as like an Apple Pay, Google Pay situation. But uh, yeah, no uh, no no plans for you know gift cards today. Got it. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your contribution, Bernardo. Um, I think we've maybe got time for one final audience contribution, and then we can maybe wrap this thing up. So is it Tau, Tau Kier? Is that how I pronounce it? Yes, that's... Uh, hi, hi, guys. Hi, Kado. It's uh, Tokir. Tokir. Yep. Yep. So uh, I just have a question, a couple of quick questions, actually. Um, are the tokens out yet? And also, is it like, um, uh, obviously, you mentioned before that there won't be any card out yet, but um, so it will be only online based uh, payment transaction in multiple brands, as I was reading from the Cardo website that that have 500 or more brands where you can spend, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and uh, has Cardo launched a token yet? I'm I'm really sorry, I don't I really don't have the information about that. I just heard it from a friend, so I just came on the AMA. Nope. Uh, good question. No, no token. No, no plans right now. We're really focused on product market fit. You know, bring bring something a product to the ecosystem that everyone can use and wants to use. Um, you know, if it, but uh, like I said, no plans yet. I think, um, you know, we we kind of have the point of view that. You know, it's, it's one of the problems we think in, in Web3 that, you know, a fair amount of projects, not all of them, there's there's really amazing projects, but also there are some that, you know, start with the token versus starting with product market fit. And um, sometimes it's about, you know, putting the, the horse before the buggy and, um, 
can kind of misalign incentives, especially when you're not sure what your product market fit is and using the token as another growth hack to like, you know, once, once you have product market fit, if there's a opportunity and a token makes sense, it can uh, really be an explosion of growth. But um, that's kind of where we look at it today. Okay, so obviously there is a transaction fee attached to it, and uh, is it like uh, something that is predictable, or um, that will be decided depends on the, I mean, like the volume inflow and gas fee system or something. The so the fee is a two dollar flat fee for the uh, on and off ramp or for the on ramp today. So it's okay. predictable flat fee. Perfect. Perfect. All right. And uh, if anybody has to reach out for any business proposal to Cardo, how do we do that? Yeah, you can uh, totally feel feel free to email us at um, you know partners at kato.money. We have our support email support at kato.money. Uh, shout out to Snoop. I see him in the in the call now. He's been crushing our support game, and um, he's there too to to help facilitate some introductions. And you know, I'm I'm always available on Twitter and on Telegram to DM at Kato Vince on uh, on both platforms. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vince. Pleasure speaking to you. That's it. You too. Awesome. Thanks for your contribution, Tokir. Um, I mean, on a personal level, I just think it's brilliant how like Cado seems to be making things simple for particularly new users. And I, I hadn't even thought of it until Tokir mentioned that, that, that you're not even bothering with a token for the time being. And I think that's really refreshing as well, just focusing on, as you say, your, your product. Um, Doctor, do you want to say any final words before we close this thing off? Uh, final words would be thank you for jumping on. Really appreciated your time, your wisdom, uh, and looking forward to seeing how this all grows and evolves over time. Um, of course, you know, we always want to be of assistance where we can, so please don't hesitate to let us know if there's anything we can do to help you guys out. Um, and right now, I know that you've given your some details for people to contact you with business proposals. Uh, just saying if you've got any job offerings that you want to put forward or anything like that, also, just let people know while you've got them on the call. There might be some talent in the audience. I mean, talent talent is always appreciated. Uh, um, engineering uh, is great. Uh, so, you know, if, you, if you're interested, reach out. Fantastic. That's all from me, Rebel. Bring it home, brother. Well, yeah, I'd just like to shout out to Vince and JC for jumping on this call with us this evening and explaining even more about the Cado products that you're offering. Um, shout out also to Finn at Terraspaces, who's been recording for us. So there's a permanent record of this. And yeah, look forward to talking to you guys again. Thanks very much. Good night. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Kato Money AMA, hosted by Orbital Command, recorded on Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. This episode of The Ether was brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on Terra, and it's the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol, and it's refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at WeFund.app. This episode of The Ether was also brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, 
trends and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Looking at the down place, spitting over sound waves. Kick a little rhyme and we'll see if the crowd waves. Take note, the brows raise up when the mouse hits taste buds. Stick dastardly, trying to race us. Cannonball run from the west to the east coast. Got the ghosts on my team, leaving in a repo. Scheming on a free toast, hopping in the gas up. Riding high as NASA and we about to blast off. Ain't nobody pass us, hungry like some raptors. Attacking in a pack like a bunch of fucking savages. Handling the packs while we shipping out disaster. Magic is simple if you practice with the master. Trying to Show the homies I think there could be a better way Every day I ride it first Trying to get this pen in shape Living like a mental patient Embracing the basics I see a queen on the table While I'm holding aces Let me uh, give you a sample Of some of the uh, lyrics That had some of the Older ladies on the stockholders White with dismay The room is death still A sea of shocked frozen Black faces Then I delivered another, another volley Of really sick lyrics Subtle on the double trouble, popping all the bubbles open Silent off the one who comes to ruin all the funny moments Ali Ali oxen opium, that oxycontin got the oxytocin Falling around the people like a Roxy smoking Okie dokie Annie Oakley, joking like Yokie Annie Hoping those who broken jokes are broken, softly spoken Can he rope a dope around the throat and close I'm all alone? To sleep it off later, like just give the dog a bone I roam around the globe like a motherfucking satellite Smoke a lot of weed, always gotta be satisfied Soaking up the dream state, trying to live la vida loca But for now I'll settle for a smile and a coca Who makes the bundles, repping all the fun tools Looking all around like this, nowhere to run to Got the plug, what's new on the drug, one, two Sticking with the dope, my homies growing, that's one truth I got my 12-gauge sawed off I got my headlights turned off I'm about to bust some shots off I'm about to dust some cops off I got my 12-gauge sawed off I got my headlights turned off I'm about to bust some shots off I'm about to dust some cops off Terror Spaces. <laughs>